Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so with the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The gospel stands alone for all who will its glory hear. The victory of our Lord shall call the your heart. Now, that's a phrase that we oftentimes hear. In fact, we, we live in a time in which many of the stories that we hear, perhaps some of the books that we read, or even the movies that we watch might have at the heart of them the statement about, you need to follow your heart. But I'd like us to maybe kind of take a look at what the Bible has to say, because when you start to look at what the Bible says about following your heart, you will learn a lesson from the Bible about that. However, it's not necessarily the lesson that you might think of. That's why the title of this lesson is Follow Your Heart or Not. Well, let's take a look at what the Bible has to say about following your heart. In Genesis chapter 8, this is right after Noah and his family have been through uh, the whole flood and, you know, the wickedness on all of the earth had been so much at this time. But then Noah and his family, they found grace in the eyes of the Lord and they made it through that time whenever uh, everything else was destroyed. And right after Noah got off of the ark, this is what we read in Genesis chapter 8, verses 20 and 21. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, 
Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. So from right here early on, I mean, Genesis chapter 8, we're just a few chapters into the Bible, and already we're hearing things about how the human heart is evil from childhood. It's not exactly the same concept about following your heart, is it? What would it happen if we, uh, what would happen to us if we were to follow our heart wherever it might lead us? Well, the Bible doesn't seem to, to think that that's a very good idea. In fact, God, he was the one who said these things in his heart that, uh, about the, the evilness that is within our own hearts. That's why God still uh, holds out for us and he gives us hope in these passages as well. You know, even as he's talking right here, he says that he recognizes that the human heart is evil, but yet he's still not going to destroy all the living creatures as he had done uh, in times past. That's kind of a promise that he has, a hope that he gives uh, to all of humanity after this time. However, there is something that God is going to do about that. And this morning we looked at the passage from Ezekiel chapter 11. Well, in Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 19 through 20, God himself says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. So he talks about right there about changing their heart, changing their heart of stone, giving them this heart of flesh. One that actually works. I mean, think about it. Um, how well would a heart that's made of stone work? It wouldn't work at all. But a heart that is made of flesh, that's what, that's what we need. That's what you know we have. And he uses that as an image as to what he's going to do to his people. How he's going to bring them back. And he is once again going to be their God. They are going to be his people. And he spoke these words. And these words were written at a time whenever their hearts had been turned away from God. They had followed after other gods, but God still gives them this hope, still gives them a promise that they can be his people and he will be their God and he will give them this new heart. Now, other prophets as well speak about the human heart and how important it is to not go after the heart, not to follow your own heart, but rather to follow God. Let's take a look at what Jeremiah says. In Jeremiah chapter 17, he picks up this concept and is really trying to teach the people of his day the need to trust in God. Don't follow your own heart. Don't follow man. Don't follow just kind of the strong men that you might be around who perhaps look like good leaders. Don't trust. Don't put all of your trust in them. We need to always be people who trust in the Lord. This is the same message that is spoken throughout the book of Psalms. It's what we see even in Psalm 1. But it's even more than just that first psalm. You'll see some, uh, some similarities with kind of the images about uh, plants and all that's, that's carried over here in Jeremiah, just like it was from Psalm chapter 1, because that is such a wonderful image to see about a tree and how a tree that's planted by water can be described as someone who puts their trust in the Lord. But perhaps I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 6. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. 
They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. So this passage, <clears throat> it is speaking and telling us it's not just that the lack of a blessing for those people who trust in uh, mere uh, man and, and human strength, but it's actually stated as a curse, that it would be the opposite of a blessing for someone who tries to put their trust, put all of their hope, put all of their trust in man. Man is going to fail us every single time if that's what we try to put our faith in, if that's what we try to put our trust in. We need to be people who do not turn our hearts away from the Lord, but who seek him with our entire heart, with our entire everything that we are. This passage begins speaking about um, the, uh, uh, the folly of trying to go after and put our trust in man, but then it quickly turns to someone who trusts in the Lord. Verses 7 and 8 now of Jeremiah 17. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Isn't that a beautiful image? You know, I had the, the wonderful uh, occasion this, uh, this past week to be able to go uh, hiking in the woods. You know, we got uh, one beautiful day that just the weather was wonderful. And I went out there and I was able to, uh, my whole family, you know, was with me and all. And we were, we were hiking in the woods and we saw several trees that were planted by the water. And it's just, it's, it's amazing to see some of the, the strength that they have and how they always have that supply that's right there by the water. And that is how someone who is, who trusts in their, in the Lord, um, whose confidence is in him. That's how that person is described. It is a blessing of God to be able to trust in the Lord, to be able to fully put everything that we have in him, like that tree that's planted by the water. It's a wonderful image. It's a wonderful thought whenever you, you would just maybe kind of close your eyes and think about what would that look like. And that's exactly what it looks like whenever we put our trust in the Lord. That's how it's described by Jeremiah. That's how it's described within the book of Psalms. Yes, that's how the Psalms start, but that's all throughout the Psalms. The need to turn to the Lord, not to rely upon us, not to rely upon our heart. That message about following your heart can lead you like vastly astray. We need to be people who don't just look within for the answers, but we look to God in all that we do. This passage continues on, though there's a couple more verses that uh, continue this thought. In verses 9 and 10, we read, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So this passage goes on, and this is probably one of the uh, most direct statements in the Bible that speaks about how uh, how much the heart can lead us astray. It is described about being deceitful above all things. Yeah, that's that's something. Whenever we see language like this, we need to pay attention to it. You know, and I know that uh, I'm, I'm talking about these things uh, the day before, you know, Valentine's Day. 
And maybe there were quite a few preachers who were trying to, to look at different things about, you know, our hearts because, you know, at this time of year, we so many times associate uh, love with the, the picture of a heart. And, you know, we have little Valentines that we might, you know, have little hearts and little heart stickers and little heart candies and all those different types of things. And I'm not trying to speak negatively about those things because I think that that image about the love that they speak about and that they are, are meaning behind when we understand God's love and how our love is to reflect the love of God, then we can see a wonderful picture in all of those, those images. But if we are, are trying to follow our heart, when you look uh, through the pages of the Bible, these are the types of things that you read about the heart, that it can lead us astray. We need to be very cautious about trusting it, about following it. See, the Lord is the one who, he knows what he's doing, and he is the one who, he can search our hearts, and he, he knows if we are faithful to him, he knows if our heart is right. He knows if we are going to be people who are going to put our trust in the Lord. That's what we need to be uh, people who, who are doing that. Don't follow your own heart. Follow the Lord and what he says. Uh, in, uh, this is a statement that is mentioned um, throughout the prophets, throughout the Psalms, throughout the New Testament, and the Old uh, even in the book of Jeremiah, uh, several chapters later, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 31, when he speaks about a new covenant, he speaks about it in beautiful terms. In Jeremiah 31 verse 31, God is telling Jeremiah about a future new covenant. He says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. And yes, that new covenant is what we read about whenever we turn to the page of the New Testament. That's the covenant that Jesus Christ issued with his blood. This is the covenant that Jeremiah was given a glimpse into. He was told that this was the plan that God had from the beginning. He goes on in this same chapter talking about that covenant and also talking about our heart. Notice what Jeremiah hears from the Lord. In verses 33 through 34, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. He stated all of those things to Jeremiah. And of course, we reading those statements now, we understand that he's speaking about a time whenever Jesus Christ would provide us with forgiveness of sins. He will be able to, to remember our sins no more because the debt has been paid. Jesus has accomplished everything uh, that could be accomplished as far as the payment uh, for the, the punishment of our sins, how many times we have been led astray, but yet he calls us to turn to the Lord. We see that he uh, states here, about no longer just writing the law on stones or in scrolls, but this time he's going to put his law in the minds of the people and write it on their hearts. That's the same type of language that Ezekiel used whenever God said that he was going to give them a new heart. God has had this as part of his plan for a long time. And this plan was about a new covenant that is found in Jesus Christ. When we turn to the pages of the New Testament, we see that that concept about a new covenant is carried over. 
in the book of Hebrews. I And by the way, I maybe have been looking quite a bit into to the book of Hebrews and sharing with you several things that I've, I've seen in there because, I don't know, there's just been several things in it that have been quite interesting to me. But this is one of the passages from Hebrews 10 that quotes that from Jeremiah about that new covenant. And it specifically states it in connection with Jesus and the differences that Jesus makes. Uh, right here, he's been talking about how the priesthood is different in the new covenant. Everything is different in the new covenant. The new covenant that comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is now our high priest and he is also our sacrifice. In Hebrews chapter 10 verses 14 through 18, this is what's picked up and, and, uh, and, and carried through. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Talking about Jesus, his sacrifice. Verse 15, the Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. See, this passage right here is specifically a, a quotation from Jeremiah 31. It's the same passage that we read before, that Jeremiah got that glimpse into that new covenant. Well, this is the new covenant. The new covenant is found in Jesus Christ. The new covenant was given to us through this sacrifice. And now that there has been this forgiveness, now that there has been this sacrifice, there no longer remains uh, another sacrifice for sins. Jesus Christ has already done all these things whenever he died for us on the cross. The Hebrew writer continues on in Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 22. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. It's well known from the pages of the Old Testament and the pages of the New Testament that we do have a heart problem. We don't need to just listen to this advice that is sometimes mentioned in stories of our day about following our heart and then, then that's the true meaning of life. It's not. The true meaning of life comes to following God. Our hearts can lead us astray. In fact, so many of us, we already recognize that, that our hearts have led us astray at one point or another in our lives. That is why we need to come to God to receive a new heart, to receive the law of God on our hearts, as Jeremiah uses. And right here, we need to have our hearts sprinkled and this cleansing. All of these things can only come through Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he gave for us. There has been a sacrifice so that we can have forgiveness of our sins. We need to be people who always, in every single circumstance we find ourselves, will be ones who follow our Lord. Love so beautiful, love abounding, love so wonderful, sent to me. See
Oh.